Welcome to Kevin Connors Podcast. The final two sessions in this series will be taught by Richard Holland, the founding pastor of Waverley Christian Fellowship. Be sure to also visit kevinconnor.org forward slash shop where you can now purchase PDFs of many of Kevin's best-selling books, including his verse-by-verse commentary on the book of Revelation. Which is quite simple. I'm going to touch the seals, the trumpets, and the vials. Uh, Kevin said also to advertise this book. Now, if only you'd buy the book, we could have taken everyone with a book, and then you could, I could have just read from the notes. I'll probably read from the notes anyway, and then you'll have to keep up. And then if you don't buy a book, you'll have to study your notes. Everybody right here, they can see this. Now, this is really the pattern. One, two, three. And then we come to something else. We come to another one, and that's got two little bits in. Then we've got the millennium, and then we've got a new heavens and a new earth. So this is the pattern that we were doing on the 1st, the 10th, the 15th, and the 21st. When we started to... Is that mine? Oh, there's lights on a car. CGP 619. Who is it? You've carelessly left your lights on. Is that you? See, it has to be a woman. I left mine on this morning. It was only, that's fair, isn't it? I left him this morning and the lady leaves it at night. Okay, we've got this here. We've got the, the uh, blowing. Thank you. Of trumpets. We've got the Day of Atonement. This is what you had last week. Write it again. Always a good thing. We've got here, this is Tabernacles proper. But we've got to look in the order of things now. In this here is the perfection of the church. Perfection. Then we've got the ingathering. Always on the 15th day. Then we've got the tribulation. And that is for three and a half years. This part here is 1260 days. When you look in the book of Daniel and you go to the last chapter, the 12th chapter, and you get down into the verse, he said uh, 1260 He mentioned 1290 and he mentioned 1335. You've all noticed that, of course, haven't you? In Daniel, blessed is the one that comes to this area. Now, when we're looking at the pattern, this over here is the millennium. And this is 1,000 years. This is a new heaven after this and a new earth. This is your overview of what is happening. Now when we're looking at this again, we've got this in this period in here is 75 days. We've got in here, this is Armageddon. And this is the purification Purification. 
of the earth. Now, looking at this again, when we look at Armageddon, this is the, the, all the world and the devil endeavoring to stop the coming of Jesus Christ who comes down at this time. This is the resurrection in here, resurrection of the righteous. This is just to give you a, a pattern. So we've got the resurrection of the righteous, it happens in the Armageddon, but also we've got the rapture. If you're going to have a rapture, this is where it is in that period of time. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up and so forever be with the Lord. Now the thing I want to speak about tonight, that was only just a little pattern and picture, that's an extra you get. This is the, in here, there are seven seals. Remember that? We're going to do that. Then there were, in the next part, there are seven trumpets. So that period of time comes in here. Looking at the seventh seal, it embraces the seven trumpets, and we've got the third one in here, which happens as the seven vials. Now, what I want to do tonight, I want to lay a little bit of the word on you very briefly on the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven vials. It's quite simple. We're going to take the scripture on this, and I will try to give a little bit of a, something here. Uh, I've got this written here. One of the most amazing areas of judgment on the world comes in the book of Revelation when God declares to John his pattern for the church and the redeemed and what was going to happen in the closing moments of the time on the earth before the coming of the Lord. The closing moments before Jesus Christ comes. He's going to come here, but the closing moments, this period of time, is not very long. I take it from about 1904, way back here, up to the complete time of whatever it is in early in the new century. The scripture says in Revelation 5, now you can see some of these, if you're turning to them, commences, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I beheld a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Now what we're finding is we've got a, a lamb, and we've got all the picture. In the verse 6 it says, And I, John, beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four living ones, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Now, we've got a book. And as I said last week, it was like a book, and it was bound that had one seal, as why I saw it, just view, seven seals it's got on it. The first one was bound. That had to be broken. Then, as that was broken, the book was a little smaller, and it still had this seal around it, and that had to be broken as well. And in breaking the seals, I want to touch a little. Can I rub that out now? Has everybody got that? You haven't. If you buy a book, you'll get it. Ah, uh, you got it. You should have brought it with you. It'd save a lot of trouble. Uh, way back in uh, 19, late 1950s, I think, I drew a chart. And uh, I did it. I broke it down quite simply in this area. I started off with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
And then when I did that, I came down with the next one, and the next one also. These were the seals, and these were the trumpets, and I broke down in the same way. And then I came to the vials, I broke that down as well. So what we four was one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And now the seals, as they're broken, there's a very definite command of what God wants to do. And I'm sure that many of you have read it. If I was running down those now, I'll just give it this to it at the start. The Revelation 6-2. This is, uh, this is number one, the first seal. The white horse. And I put it down as Christ's conquering power. Number one, the first seal. The white horse. These four apocalyptic horsemen the white one, the red one, the black one, and the pale one. They call that the apocalyptic horseman. Now the first one, the white horse, Christ conquering power, and I'm going to speak briefly on each of these in a moment. Number two, Revelation 6-4. This was the red horse. I'll take the scriptures with you shortly. Uh, peace taken from the earth. So the second one is the red horse, peace taken from the earth. Yell out if I'm going too fast. Number three, Revelation 6.5, the black horse, speaking of famine. Number four, Revelation 6.7, the pale horse, death, a quarter of the earth killed. I think I mentioned that last week, how that there's going to be 1,500 million people or a quarter of the world's population is to be destroyed. That's in seal number four. Now we haven't, while we look at it, and I look at it and say that we've started on the first seal, the second seal, the third seal, the fourth seal, none of them have come to fulfillment. Because as you look at what happens, it goes right along to the consummation right down here. This is the, when the coming of the Lord comes again, so the seals run through to a degree. These, that doesn't really, it comes a bit short of that one, but number two, You've got the, the apocalyptic horsemen, one, two, three, four, and their power and the breaking of it, it begins and then continues on all the time. In the same way as when the trumpets are blowing, those seals are, are operating as well. Number five, Revelation 6, 9, the souls under the altar. This is the martyrs clothed with white robes, and now I want to speak a little on that too. Number six, that's the souls under the altar. How long, O Lord, how long? They cried unto God. He said, until your brethren be martyred for my name's sake. Hang on a little while, it'll happen yet. Number six, Revelation 6, 12. The nature change. This is earthquakes, darkness, stars fall. God's wrath is upon the earth. And then number seven, Revelation 8, 1. Silence in heaven. Now, we put this down, and you can catch up on this shortly. The half hour, the golden censer, voices, earthquakes. Now, just let me take this briefly as we come up to the seals. Of necessity, of course, we're only going to speak very, very briefly on it. When we read the book of Revelation, we get a glimpse of all the wonder of God and how he goes about fulfilling his will in the universe and more particularly in our little world together with its inhabitants. Now, Revelation 4 and 5, when you come to Revelation 6, this is the seals, Revelation 4 and 5, they're preliminaries set to prepare us for chapter 6 and the opening of the seals. So you need to read chapter 4 and 5. Actually, you should read right through it and take it in this way. We need to have some knowledge of when these things will come to pass 
And I'm quite sure that we can see the beginning of troubles in the world today. Everybody understand that? The beginning of troubles? You're sure it's in the world, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Quiet. Daniel was told that the great understanding, now he said, Lord, when shall these things be? Uh, it was to be sealed until the times of the end. Writing down scriptures, take this one, Revelation 12, 4. And he said this, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words, the revelation God was given him, and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Why is it that the book of Revelation, the seals, the trumpets, and the vials, they're beginning to be opened, and Daniel was told, it's not given to you, Daniel, to know all about this, but it's those that live in the times of the end. Now, we're quite positive we're living in the times of the end, aren't we? And say amen. That's better. Get violent. Uh, many shall run to and fro. We can go anywhere today, in almost a day, you can go across the world. Uh, this surely applies to this age, and knowledge shall be increased. This is being fulfilled in a remarkable manner today. What we have learned in the last 10 years is now surpassed by the present five years. And the five years that we learn in this five years will be surpassed in the next two. The way they take it, 50 years, and then suddenly there's 10 years, and our knowledge has increased way past that 50 years. And we think we've just about attained unto everything, and suddenly in the next five years we learn more than that 10 years. Now we've come to the five years that we're in, and suddenly the two years next will be absolutely surpass this five years. If you listen to Barry Smith and saw some of the paperwork he's got there, you start to realize that many things that are happening in the world that we don't quite get our eye to, he picks them up because that's his special line, and it was very, very interesting. I enjoyed what he had to say. The world is ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Only you Christians, you born-again Christians. Here Barry Smith read out of the book, there's only one lot of people that we're worried about, and that's the born-again Christians. We don't seem to be able to do anything about them. You need to be spirit-filled. You need to have fire burning in your innermost being. You need to take all these good things. Colossians 2, 3, this is talking about the Father and Christ. He said, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The world leaves God out of all their deliberations, yet he is the only one that can give wisdom and knowledge. All right, seal number one, the white horse and his rider. Revelation 6, 1 and 2. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. Now listen, he's opening a seal of the book. Here's a little book in front. The Lamb is taking it, and he's, that, he's taking it, and he, as I heard, it was as the noise of thunder. Now just think what that noise is doing. That noise of thunder is not just a little bang, bang. Here, the Lamb has opened a seal, and he's bringing judgment in the world, and something is going to happen. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse. Now many take this as Satan. I can't ever see when you look at the Westerns, the white horse is always the goody. The black horse is the baddie. Now when you look in the Word of God, it's the same. The uh, white horse speaks of Jesus Christ. That's the one. And he that sat on him had a bow. He didn't talk anything about an arrow, only a bow. And a crown was given unto him I did a whole thing on crowns once. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now who's he going to conquer? Now this is speaking of the church of the living God in its final revival. 
You're going to have a revival? You're going to believe for one? You're going to act for one? You're going to search the Scriptures? You're going to stand on your feet? You're going to go out in the fourth strength of the Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to win people to Christ. You're going to speak the Word of, with authority and the fire of God is going to come because you are a burning example of the fire of God that's going to minister unto men and women throughout this land. We've got to get something that's going to fire and that fire has got to get hold of us and it's got to stir us. We're only a small number of the church. I'd like to see a whole church packed like this with everyone on fire for God talking to one here tonight, and he was saying that, that uh, something opened up, a light was given by a touch of God. And we've got to get to this thing that the fire of God is going to burn within us. We're going to see the light. I remember I was brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I went like this till I was 32, got caught in the 1948 revival, and that revival burned within me. And everything lit up like a brilliant light. I could read the Word that I've read for years, and I never saw anything in it. It was just the word I read. It was the dead letter of the word in one way. And yet suddenly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this word began to open up. And if you wanted anything on baptism or the name, you'd open the Bible there. And this thing with the name would stare out at you. And whatever truth you wanted, God would give you a, an understanding and an excitement began to well up within us as we started to read the Word and find the fire of God burning and revealing by the Spirit the revelation of His Word. Uh, see, I get off the track. Uh, the white horse and his rider... Uh, this is speaking of the church of the living God and its final revival and the final great conflict with sin. The worldwide revival commenced when Pentecost became worldwide from the initial outpouring in 1904 and onwards. Now, people are going to have different ideas of this. It's not going to worry me one little bit if you don't agree with it. It's not going to worry me one little bit if the times are slightly different. I just know that there is a revival springing up in the hearts of men and women all over the world. And there was an outpouring of Pentecost in 1904-1907. We had all the different areas right throughout the world when the Holy Ghost, the sign of being filled, was speaking in tongues. It fell under an anointing. It fell on the different places right throughout the world. My father, as I mentioned many, many times before, my father heard that some Methodist minister in the city of Melbourne had received the baptism and spoke in tongues, so they tried to find him. Nobody knew where he was or who he was. Nobody could find him, so he began to pray. A man that's not filled with the Spirit prayed for two months, crying unto God, show me this man, show me this man. Finally got his horse and cart and went down to the railway station, got into a steam train, came to the city of Melbourne, got into another steam train, going out in the line he'd never been on before, got out of the station he didn't know, walked up and down the streets for two hours, finally came in front of a house, went up, knocked on the door, and a man came out. He looked up at him and he said, are you the man that got filled with the Spirit? The Bible way, he said, come on in. He walked out filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. See, that was the baptism about 1912, 1914. So you see there's a power that God instills in the heart of men way back there, and that was part of the 1904, 1907, outpouring of Pentecost upon the church. The church now is millions of them all over the world that are spirit-filled in this way. Revelation, uh, the white horse and his rider belong to the symbolism of Christ and his church. Revelation 19.11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. If it was the devil, we're fighting on a wrong track. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. So if you're talking about a white horse, 
let us cling to what the Bible says about it. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. So we see the going forth of the white horse. It's not a house in my book, if you've got it. It's page 120. Uh, the, white, the white house I had, it's not right. It's the white horse. White house is where the man over in America is. The white horse and his rider as a sign of significant of a great worldwide revival of the power and the spirit of God. This is now in process of fulfillment at this time. I believe that the thing is the whole power of God has moved along and it's going at an ever-increasing rate that we might see the demonstration of the power of God. We go right back here, 1904, but now we're way up here somewhere, 1940, 1996, and we're getting closer and closer to the fulfillment of the opening of the seals and the judgment and the power of God is yet to fall. We haven't seen one quarter of the world's population destroyed yet. We haven't seen the moon turn into blood. All right? So we see that, uh, the, that this is now in process. The bow speaks of the Word of God. If you're writing down, put the bow. Speaks of the Word of God. The crown is kingly, always. Sign of a conqueror. Many crowns to reveal his progress in conquering. He goes forth conquering and to conquer from victory to victory until Satan is cast down, until the finished mystery of God. The last day outpouring of the Spirit is in worldwide proportions. Now the devil is not completely overcome until we get to here. At the end of the tribulation, when we come into the 75 days, when the devil is finally cast out and cast into hell, we've got it here. At the end of the tribulation, Satan is destroyed. The coming of the Lord. He said he will come with fire and he'll burn up everything of the human race that is not a believer. He'll destroy the power of Satan. He'll take him and bind him for a thousand years. We've got all these things in the Word that say, says this. So we've got to be ready to understand. The opening of the seven seals applies to all the earth. Each seal covers a moment of prophetic time and culminates in the marriage of the Lamb just before the commencement of the Great Tribulation. Someone said, it doesn't say the Great Tribulation. No, it doesn't. It said the saints shall have Great Tribulation. The saints shall have Great Tribulation back here. But the Great Tribulation upon the world is what God is saying, and we use that word, not lightly, because in the Tribulation, Great Tribulation is going to be upon the earth and to the unbeliever. All right, seal number two, the red horse and his rider. Revelation 6, 4. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. So, peace taken from the earth, and they will kill one another. How do you think it's going today? Even today, someone dropped a bomb, they put a bomb in a truck. They killed a great number of people, wounded hundreds or more in another place. 30 feet deep, 80 feet wide, a hole. Just one bomb and destroys a building and many people. They go into eternity. The horrible thing, I feel so sick inside when I hear of someone dying today and wondering, do they go to heaven or do they go to hell? This is why I believe God is em emphasizing today the urgency of an end-time message. Kevin has been upon this for quite a number of weeks, 
And he's been bringing it out and showing us the, the demonstration from the Word of what the end times mean. And because we know we're living in right in the last days, I believe that God is challenging every man, woman, and child today to lay claim to the very promises of God, rise up and begin to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and He's the King of kings. And if we don't do this, we are failing to emphasize what I believe God has called us to do. All right, seal number two, we've just done it. This seal speaks of worldwide war. We've had a couple of worldwide war ones, 1914 to 1918, 1939, 1945. I went into the army in 39, came out early in 40. I thought it was good to get out. Revelation 6, 4 teaches on this. Red is the color of blood and the, great and the great red dragon. In Revelation 12, you'll find that the woman, great with child, travailing to bring forth a child, and before her stood a great red dragon. Now, if you like to look at it, you can see a Chinese in this. Sorry for all you Chinese here today, but a quarter of the world's population are Chinese, and we are only allowed to have a quarter of the people in our church Chinese. Not fair otherwise, is it? Is it? Otherwise, we'd be a Chinese church. We love the Chinese, it's all right. Whatever you are, wherever you come from, I think you've done great for our church. Our church improved way back when we got our first Chinese, Asian, and it's, it's blessed us ever since. I hope we bless them in return. I hope we're all of one family. Isn't that right? And see, I look at the, the flags now and I see them, and we're demonstrating that we are a mixed congregation. But we are a people with one thought. Jesus Christ is Lord. There's only one culture. That culture is Christian culture. Now, I, had a, a, I looked on the TV one night, the great big Aboriginal, and his head was filled the thing. And he was saying, there's only one culture. The, the prime minister at that time was trying to say the culture of the Aboriginals. But he said, there's only one culture. And he said, and that's Christian culture. I liked him from that moment. <laughs> Nation rise, uh, red is the color of blood and the great red dragon is indicative of worldwide bloodshed and slaughter. Nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. A sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth. It doesn't matter where you go today. All over the Europe, Middle East, north of us, there's all sorts of things going along. There's killing on every side. Every country seems to want to kill. We haven't done it on a, on a nationwide. We just have individuals running around and shooting everybody or sticking knives in them or running them down with cars. See, there's a terrible thing that is happening, death. There's no care of life. A little while ago, there was no care of property. Property everybody stole feed their drug habits. And now there's no respect of life. People kill. Then they go to jail for a couple of years and get out again. Life doesn't mean much. You can have these terrible things that are happening with men destroying young people's lives. One man that committed suicide or pushed out of the window in North Melbourne, he had destroyed 2,000 young boys. You see, there is areas of sin and corruption just imagine that man in hell. And the things that are going to happen, 
and how God, you don't want to go and be with Him forever and ever. Heaven's the only place, the heaven of joy and gladness and praise and worship and adoration and love and compassion. Everything that we need is going to be in the presence of God. But there's many terrible things yet to come upon the earth. It doesn't say we'll all live to that. I might go before all you do. I have a try every now and again, but never make it. It is said that some 2,000 wars have taken over 100 million lives since 1900. That's only 100 million. What we're talking about is 1,500 million. 1,500 million. And together with the multitudes of wounded has left the world in mourning. Peace has been taken from the earth and there is little hope that it can ever return. The latest conflict in the Middle East is a further example of the despot rulers and killing which is such a part of end times in which we live. You're living in the end time. Whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not, you're living in end time revelation. And in end time revelation, you seem to need to have an understanding of what is going to happen on this earth while we are living in it, and what God has got in the future, that we might look to the day, whether we die or not down here, we are going to live with Him and rule and reign with Him for 1,000 years. Isn't that a glorious picture? And if you live, you've got to have a, a three and a half year period of long service leave to everybody that makes it. I always used to think three and a half years long service leave, not bad. Worked in the government, you get that anyway after about 40 years. You didn't, not good. And I lived, I worked in a place that wasn't government. I got half the holidays they did. Unfair. Doesn't help you though, does it? The company I worked for is now no more. I did all that years of hard labor. There is the potential in the world today to destroy every person on the face of the earth several times over. And many countries have this potential. Don't think that it's only China or Russia and America that have the potential. You can go to Israel and they've got 200 atomic warheads. And you can go to many other countries that have got it too. And many other countries are working on it. And many other countries are stealing it. And many other countries are wanting to do something that will make them great in the eyes of the world. Well, I do not believe that this will happen. I don't believe we're going to have a, uh, it's going to wipe out. It might be a little bit, but not going to be the whole thing. Because of Bible prophecy, the fear is there upon mankind. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 9. It begins with this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. In the last days perilous times shall come. Is this a last day? Perilous times are all around you. You can't go out of your house at night unless you go in a motor car now. You don't want to walk down the street. Everybody's got a fear upon them to go out in the dark because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what hooligans are going to come and destroy. Young person going out and 15 people will turn on them and break them and destroy them. All right, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And the Amplified Bible says this, and because it's amplified, it uses lots more words. Perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear, for people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for wealth, proud and arrogant, arrogant and contemptuous boasters. You like that? Boy, it's a lot of words, isn't it? I just like the short bit. No, in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then whoever wrote that Amplified, they must have had a lot of people 
looking at each other and say, what other words can we put in here to amplify this? And they do it so well. We must remember that it is the Lamb of God who is opening these seals. No one else in heaven or in earth or beneath the sea had the power or the ability or the authority to break each seal in order to declare to the world and the universe the judgments that come upon them. And you think, this is bad. Just wait till you get further along the line. The black horse and its rider. This seal speaks of worldwide famine. Now there are places of famine. You can go to South, you can go to Africa and you can find there are many countries, there's a thousand million over in that country and you can find there's famine over there. They die by their thousand every day. There's terrible things that happen and we in this world where we live, we are so comfortable, so well, so warm, so protected, plenty to eat, even if you can't eat peanut butter. <laughs> Revelation 6, 5. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. The balance in the hand of the rider is significant, for food is going to be at a premium. Now we think, now just imagine if suddenly there was no food came into the big stores. One day, there would, would, after one day, there wouldn't be one item in any Safeway store. People would get in and take it, and that was all. I was in America many years ago when behind every door in every hotel, just this is what to do in case there's an atomic attack. And all the things you had to do. All the churches were telling their people what to do. They had to buy a bag of wheat. They kept it on dry ice. They were to do this and do that. They were to hide in the basement of their houses food to last them one month. Because if there was a strike and a nationwide strike, nothing would move. And it would take a month to get. Now just imagine if a Christian on this house had all that food to last him a month, the person in the next house and their bully boys, they didn't have anything. What do you think they would do? The food that you got would no longer be there. They'd just march in, push you out of the way, or shoot you and take the food. It's not much good preparing unless we've got God on our side and God leads and guides and directs and shows us, well, we too will have a problem. All right, we're looking at this one, Revelation uh, six five. that's where we were. In the Old Testament, we read of the dearth in the land of Samaria and the prophecy of incredible plenty. 2 Kings 7, famine was over the land. In both cases, the food had to be weighed, everyone on rations. A measure of wheat for a penny, a whole day's wages in Bible's day. I went to England in 1950. We we're on rations. Our ration uh, for three of us we got one little piece of meat that big for one week. So we boiled it up and cooked it, and the vegetables we could get, and we had one meal. And that was our whole week's rations. And then you'd go out and you'd buy at the store, no, at the, eat at a restaurant. So they still had it in restaurants, but you didn't get the food at home. I'm afraid that we, we got food sent to us, food parcels, and when they got there, we would use that as a barter system. They couldn't get sugar. We had a lot of sugar. And we would do this for photographs and all sorts of things. It was quite a fun time. We were the people with great plenty. 
Black is the color of mourning, the color of death and of famine. Lamentations 5.10, our skin was black like an oven because of the terrible famine. And that's what they say happens when they do. Matthew 24, 7, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes. More earthquakes in this last few years than all through the history of mankind. Famine is everywhere in the world at this time, and death and destruction and plagues are the aftermath of war and drought. A famine of greater proportion is still to come on the world. The word in, this, the word in Revelation 6, 6 continues, See you hurt not the oil and the wine. Now listen to this one. This verse refers to the saints of God who will be cared for during that time. Now when this third one is broken, and this third seal, see the hurt not the oil and the wine. The oil speaks of the Spirit-filled believers. The wine speaks of the pure Holy Ghost doctrines of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like that. Anything that will protect me, I like. You can get in it if you want. This mightn't be right, of course. And then you'll say, well, it doesn't matter. But I think it is. And I like the thought. So I'm getting, coming under the covering of what I think the Word of God is teaching. And this Word of God is fascinating. Seal number four, the pale horse and his rider. This seal, yes. Uh, the the uh, Revelation 6, 6. See you hurt, hurt not the oil and the wine. The oil speaks of spirit-filled believers and the wine speaks of the pure Holy Ghost doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seal number four, the pale horse and his rider. Speaks of worldwide death. Now, this is the one that you've got to look at, the seal number four, because this is going to deal with 1,500 million people and uh, the Revelation 6, 7, and 8. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. Do you get that? To kill with the sword, that's war, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Now, listen to this beast of the earth. Now, just imagine, we've heard of 56 cases in a month up in New South Wales where dogs turned on their owners and tore them to bits. Now, just imagine if every dog got a spirit in them like the pigs did when Jesus cast out a thousand or two thousand out of one man. They ran into the pigs, the swine, and they just took flight and ran into the sea. Now, just say all animals, cats, dogs, birds. Ever see that film where all the birds came and attacked? Hey? <laughs> you see, all those things. Now, just say and think. He says here in the beasts of the earth, I think it's a frightening thing when you come to it. This means that over 1,000 million will be killed. One quarter. Death is its rider and presents a terrible picture of worldwide death from war, from famine, from pestilence, until a quarter of the world's population is gone. I get frightened on that basis because I guess a lot of Christians will go too. I always thought that over in America when they had an earthquake there in Los Angeles and, and some of the big bridges went down, uh, one man I know quite well, he had out of his church, three of his people were on that bridge when it went down and they got killed. 
Now, it's not only the Christian, the un- unbeliever that gets killed in many places, it's also believers. We better be ready at all times. There could be a bomb that falls, some airy-fairy person could drop a bomb and blow us up, anything like that. We've got to be ready as if Jesus is coming tonight, knowing that he can't. And so I believe that we need to be in a place of absolute relationship with him. Ezekiel 14:21. For thus saith the Lord God, how much more when I send my foresword judgment upon Jerusalem? He, he mentions again the sword and the famine, the noisome beast and the pestilence. Pretty frightening, isn't it? Each of these are instruments of judgment in the hands of the Lord. Everything now is on a world scale. The world is becoming increasingly smaller. In God's sight, it is just a small part of his program. Number six, seal number, no, seal number five. This is worldwide persecution and martyrdom. Now this is, he said, the Christians shall suffer. Revelation 6, 9, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, and they cried with a loud voice, they were under the altar saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? This seal is a heavenly vision. <coughs> the souls were in heaven under the altar in the place of sacrificial blood as declared in Leviticus 4, 7. These righteous ones had become a sacrifice by laying down their lives for the gospel. It says over further, it said that many chose to suffer a martyr's death that they might have a better resurrection. I would like to go alive into the presence of God, but we'll all suffer somewhere to get there. Under the fifth seal comes great persecution upon those who hold up the Bible as the inspired Word of God. We need a great revival sweeping through Australia. As I said last week, I'd like to feel that Australia was going to be the oasis where everybody could come and gather and God would protect us. I'd just like that was a little thought that I would like. I have my rathers. I've got lots of things I'd rather have but I can't change the point of view of God. Whatever God is going to do, I know he will do it. And I want to be ready to do whatever he wants me to do. We are and have been living in this period of time, as it is said that in the last 50, and it is said that in the last 50 years, there have been more martyrs slain than all the rest of history. The last 50 years, going back about 40 years, 40,000 a year were destroyed, Go back to 94, 460,000 was destroyed, martyrs. Each year, as we've got a half a million martyrs. A martyr is one whose life is taken, often in a violent way, and because of his unwavering beliefs, in this instance, in the Lord and his word, their blood cries for vengeance because it is a time of judgment. Those under the altar were given white robes and told to rest until their brethren were killed in the same way as they were. Now, I have to look at this, and I look at a time element. So what I did last week, and we we just did 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. But now if you've got a 30-fold, and you sort of stepped off this dying to self, then you would come across to here. And this is where the martyrs would be at the beginning of the tribulation. They did not make it 
to go alive into the presence of God or reach that perfection that God demands, they got off the ladder halfway up or a third of the way up. And we don't want to do this. We want to be in a place where we're going to go all the way. If you're going to climb a ladder to the roof, it's no good getting up about this high and saying, well, that's high enough. You can't reach the roof. That is perfection there, and we've got here, and that's about as far as we go. We are baptized in water, filled with the Holy Spirit. We come to church all the time, and that is about where we do. We're not praying, we're not waiting, we're not fasting, we're not getting into a, uh, coming out on the altar calls, we're not going down under the anointing. We look at everything from afar. We are safe. We've got everything we need. We are filled with the Spirit, and God will automatically rapture us before the seven years trip or the end of the three and a half years trip. There's only one rapture mentioned. That's here. After the three and a half years. Kevin gave you all that, didn't he? And you're all three and a half year men and women. Amen. Could you say amen? Yeah, nice. Revelation 6.12. This is six, number six, nature change. Lo, there was a great earthquake now, we have little earthquakes in Australia, you know. They had a, a big one up in, in Japan a while ago, and then they, in the next week they had 2,000 aftershocks, little ones. When I was in Taiwan, they had an earthquake in China, and one million people were killed, and they wouldn't let any outside people go anywhere near the area. And what they said afterwards, only one year's production. A short time after, they had another earthquake 750,000 were killed. I got this from Chinese in Taiwan. The man I was with, he was a very interesting man. He was a Canadian. He'd been over there for about 25, 35 years now. And he got in with all the big government people and they organized a balloon. And he set up, I think it was 144,000, I think, little Gospels of John, little tiny ones. And he, they sent these up and then they automatically let them go when they're away out over China and they spread thousands of these things everywhere. I like his emphasis on revival. Now, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. Now this is in our time when we're living before the church is perfected. And the moon became as blood. Listen to it. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. What a mess it's going to make. Even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs. This is how the Bible talks. Number six, the number of man. And involved in this seal is a great shaking of the world. Can you imagine an earthquake of such dimensions that the whole world is affected? Now, every, every country has a little shake. But can you imagine an earthquake that's going to shake the whole earth? before the church is perfected. You're going to be in it if you're going to be perfected. We're going to face these things. If we're going to reach out and come to this place of perfection of the church, if we're going to be a part of this church, God is going to have a perfect church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, isn't he? You want to be a part of that. Okay, while these seals are breaking and being undone, there's going to be a quarter of the world's population killed. There is going to be many things that are going to happen. And he said that the, uh, the, 
the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, that is black. And the moon became as blood. Now this earthquake is going to affect everybody. I feel that this is the period in which we are living today. And while some of these happenings seem to be extreme, we are in the beginning of sorrows. God's displeasure is not only going to be seen, but it is going to be felt also. It is beginning and it will come to its fulfillment in the sixth seal. These are some of the things. Going to be a great earthquake. Number two, the sun becomes black as sackcloth of hair. Number three, the moon becomes as blood. Number four, the stars of heaven fall upon the earth. Number five, the heavens depart as a scroll. Number six, every mountain and isle move, island moves out of its place. Number seven, the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, every bondsman and every free man hides themselves and cry to the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. This is to happen before we are perfected. I want to emphasize this because a lot of us have got airy-fairy ideas that God will just cause us to float along or raptured out or we won't have to face anything, but God is going to see that his church goes through everything but fully trusting in God. And God is going to have a power and authority put upon us. And he's right to the end time, right up to the time of the tribulation. There's going to be a great ingathering. There's going to be a multitude. Hundreds of millions are going to find Christ. Because when you start to look at the trumpets, another quarter, a third of the earth's population is going to be killed also. It's a frightening thing. And he half passed. Can you last a bit longer? And he get the seals. I can do the others quickly. Revelation 6, 17, For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? And everybody said, I will. <laughs> I hope I will. Lord, have mercy on me and help me to be able to stand. We are not left with one just, just one scripture to go by, but other verses speak of these things also. Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give a light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Look at that, Revelation 6, 12, Matthew 24, 29. Same stuff. Hebrews 12, 26. If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I will not shake the earth only, but also heaven. Similar visitations of God's power were seen at the death of Jesus on the cross, Matthew 27, 51, and on Mount Sinai, Exodus 19, 18, the sun, the moon, and the stars affected, darkness in the heavenlies, and gross darkness covering the whole earth. All this is happening as the church is being taken on unto perfection. For the marriage of Christ to his church is not far off. This is to happen that the seventh seal is opened. All the seals will be opened before the church is taken out into the wilderness and before the coming of the Antichrist. This period of time will challenge every Christian to get closer to the Lord his God and to his brother and to make his calling and election sure. The urgency of his need will cause him to pray earnestly that he might be accounted worthy to escape the things yet to come upon the earth. We were told to pray earnestly that we might be accounted worthy to escape the things coming upon the earth. And I believe that God would hear us in this. In this terrible time of shaking up every island 
and the mountains being moved out of their places. Terrible things will happen all over the earth. And suddenly the heavens will be opened like a scroll. I'd like you to listen to this. Like a scroll, and mankind will be given a view of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in that colossal view, they will feel the Lord God Almighty and cry for the rocks to fall upon them because of the righteous, holy, omnipotent, omnipresent God. The Word says that no flesh can stand in His sight. To be in the presence of God without the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ will bring instant disaster upon all who have denied the Lord of glory and have refused to accept His precious blood. The moon will be turned into blood and as the stars begin to fall and hit the earth, something will happen to it and it will reel, reel to and fro like a drunkard. That's in Isaiah 24, 20. The moon turning to blood will be the most frightening thing, a ball of blood. Remember the seals are only the beginning of troubles. The horror of what the apocalyptic horsemen bring is as nothing to be compared with what will happen as the seven trumpets blow and the vials are poured out. What, who will be able to stand? The exciting part of it all, that we can be assured that God is still going to have a people who will stand. God's going to have a people who will stand. I believe that if I go to this stage, I will be able to stand. And all the people said, Amen. so if we're going to be able to stand, it's going to get hard, but it's the only safe way to be. If you deny Christ, you go to hell. And then everything that you see happening is going to fall upon the unbeliever later on and the vials are poured out. These are the ones who will grow into the knowledge and understanding of God, who will be led into the fullness of the stature of the man Christ Jesus. He will have a perfect people. He will have a church without spot, wrinkle or blemish. Even Tasmania believes that. Nice to have Tasmanians with us, isn't it? Chapter 7 of the book of Revelation is a continuation of the events occurring under the sixth seal. So it is accorded the responsibility in this time slot. We see four angels holding, withholding the winds upon the earth. Consider what this will do to the vegetation, to the humans and the animal life of this world. The 144,000 are mentioned, and these are sealed with the seal of the living God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 in whom also after you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And also in Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you were sealed unto the day of redemption. The 144,000, look how this comes in all the time. I don't want to discuss it, ask Kevin. The 144,000 days of Israel's sufferings under the Pharaohs is symbolic of the sufferings of spiritual Israel and represents the church, God's people in the last days. There is a tie-up between the 144,000 in chapter 7 and the 144,000 in chapter 14. Twelve tribes, 12,000 in each tribe, Judah and Benjamin are but two of these tribes, so we shouldn't look to the natural Jew for the full answer. There are prophecies to Judah, two tribes, and to Israel, ten tribes, and to the twelve tribes together. The twelve tribes today are composed of Jews, Gentiles, and Israelites. Membership, however, in any of the tribes today is spiritual, is, in spiritual Israel is only made possible by the atonement of the cross. That is not, nat that is not the natural birth, but the spiritual new birth. 
I'm sure that we as Christians can understand that this sixth seal deals with the nature change and on every side in every country of the world new dimensions of the weather pattern patterns can be clearly seen. All right, chapter seal number seven. We like this one. Silence in heaven. Richard will stop in heaven for half an hour. You're not going to get out of it so easy. Revelation 8.1. I've only got this night. Kevin follows on. No, he does. This is last night, isn't it? He apologized deeply for not being here. Kevin doesn't know how to slow down. He'll have to be like me and slow down. He, he, it, he does ten times more than I do. Or four times. No, no. He is outstanding. When you think that he does, he was preaching eight times a week recently. That's a lot. And he does all that and he writes books and he does all the other things too. So I think he is a phenomena. Now, how'd you like to see him in a tree singing like a lark? No, you can't have that. Revelation, he hasn't got time to do that. Revelation 8.1 And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Why this silence? Is this the marriage of Christ to his church? A question. Is this the finished mystery of God in the perfection of his church? A question. If in part, yes, but there is more to come. There is the ministry in, of this church to the unbeliever. There is the birth of the man-child. Everybody wants to know who that is. There is the translation of the man-child to the throne of God. You know, that's in Revelation 12, and I don't discuss the man-child. I don't have to know, even if I think I do. It doesn't help you. The man-child, Moses was a man-child. Look what happened. They got the great revelation. They killed all the kids, two years and under. Jesus was a man-child. They killed all the kids. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And when the man-child is born, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth again in the final one, whatever the man-child is. There is the translation of the man-child to the throne of God. There is the war in the heavenlies and the casting down of Satan. I like that. There is the revelation of the Antichrist and the reign of the man of sin. I understand, but by the time the seventh seal is opened, the church of the living God has been perfected. She has completely died to self. She has grown up according to Ephesians 4.13 till we all, all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Is that what you're on about? <coughs> Is this what you're going to measure up to? He said, until we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. A people who love the Lord, Jesus, with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and who desire above all things to walk with him throughout eternity. It should be noted very clearly also that the seventh seal, although though so simply given, embraces the seven trumpets and the seven vials which bring in the finished mystery of God. After that there were seven trumpets. It is now 22. You want me to go for another 10 minutes? <laughs> Please. 
Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll just shoot it quickly. Uh, Revelation 8, 6, And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Revelation 8, 7, these are all in 8. The seven, first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. How's that for a start of the judgment? Now, the judgment of God that's coming now in the trumpets, it touches one-third of the earth, the sea, the sun, and the rivers. You got that? Just one-third of the earth, the sea, the sun, and the rivers. That's the trumpet blowing. Great judgment coming upon the earth, the last day warning and the sign of the, of the soon return of Christ. Joel 2.30. I love Joel 2. And I will show wonders in the heaven and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Judgment of hail, punishment of the wicked, but divine protection for the righteous. Did you get that, Fran? Divine protection for the righteous. Judgment of fire, a sign of God's wrath and his displeasure. Judgment of blood. The Lord will avenge the precious blood of Christ and that, all, and that also of those who lose their lives for him is martyrs. Judgment on the trees and grass, causing suffering to all humanity. The church now married to Christ is involved in a great ministry to the lost. And all the power which was in Jesus Christ and as the judgment of God fall on the earth and famine and pestilence are being felt because of these judgments coming through the blowing of trumpets, millions will come to the knowledge of Christ and be saved. You like that? Great revival. All right, the second trumpet, Revelation 8, 8 and 9. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. Now listen to this. And the third part of all ships was destroyed. That'll be aircraft as well, aircraft and ships. You go to Singapore, you go to Hong Kong, you'll find a thousand ships without any trouble, all anchored and coming in. They come in and out again in a few hours. A third of all shipping destroyed probably all transport. Ships, God is judging the Babylon spirit in the earth. Judgment on the sea, one third of the sea becoming blood. Imagine the smell, the uselessness of the seaways and one third of all marine life dying. All the sharks and the fish that people feed off today, gone. A great phenomena then occurring as one third of all sea transport is destroyed. The sea carries, the oil cargo, the millions of tons of all types of merchandise going to the bottom of the oceans of the world. And one third of all sea is blood. God is judging the earth, but only one third of all things is being touched. This is the time of the great ingathering when millions will be brought to the knowledge of Jesus Christ in the midst of partial judgment of the earth. The third trumpet. Revelation 8, 10 and 11, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Judgment falls on the waters, and one third of all sweet water becomes bitter, and many will die because of the poison of the bitter waters. Bitterness will become rampant amongst the people of the earth, 
And we the Christians must take care to beware of this sin which invisibly touches those who are not fully walking in the light. Frightening. Bitterness. We cannot afford to be bitter. We've got to take it. We don't say, why me, God? Why me? We do it. God's doing what he's going to do in us to change us. The fourth trumpet, Revelation 8, 12. And the fourth angel sounded. The third part of the sun was smitten. The third part of the moon. Third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened and the day shone not for a third part of it and the night also. Just imagine what is going to grow. Very little. The bodies of light prepared on the fourth day of the creative week are darkened. One third of the sun, one third of the moon, one third of the stars. We could expect then the light shining to be like a heavy clouded day. A beginning of what was in Genesis 10, 22 and 23. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven. And there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Hope for us yet. There has been much controversy regarding the trumpets blowing in the time of the ministry of the church to the unbelievers with the culmination of the seventh trumpet and the coming of the Lord. But we read of the angel flying through the heavens, preparing the earth for the three woes, yet to fall on the earth in Revelation 8.13. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voice of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Now you have enough bad things happening, but when you start to look at it, and then you've got over here where they, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you've got these three are three woes. One, two, three, four, we've got five, six, and seven are these three woes, and a woe is much worse than anything else that was happening. Woe meaning grief, sorrow, misery, heavy calamity. The dictionary declares a minimal understanding of the depth of the woe as it comes from God in this time of calamity to those who do not accept him as God. Possibly we can visualize the cry of the unbelievers as they feel this judgment power of God and hear the goodness of the gospel message from the bridal company as they declare the opportunity they now have of accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior, millions will come to this decision. The fifth trumpet. This is the first of the three woes. Revelation 9, 1 to 12. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. This fallen one possesses the key to the bottomless pit. And as he opens the pit, great smoke is released, and the sun and the air is darkened. Locusts with the skin, sting of scorpions are released onto the earth. These locusts have power to torment those on the earth, but not those who have the seal of God upon them. Are we going to have a seal on us? Of course we are. 888. It should be noted that at this time of judgment, the church is still on the earth. She has not been raptured, caught up to God. The king of the scorpions is the destroyer, the devil, who is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is Abaddon in the Hebrew, while in the Greek it is Apollyon. That's Revelation 9.11. Revelation 9.12. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Surely many of the unbelievers who will see the truth of the church's ministry and will accept Jesus as Lord and King of their lives. Number six. 
This is the second woe. Revelation 9.13 And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, for a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. The third part of men. The second woe, the sixth trumpet, now a third part of everybody is to be destroyed. Here we hear the voice from the golden altar, the altar of incense. Four angels are loosed at a predetermined time. As we follow the scripture, we see a great ungodly army, 200 million strong, and one third of all men are to die by fire, brimstone, and smoke, which issues out of the mouths and tails of the horses, which had heads as lions and tails like unto serpents. In spite of this, there is no repentance for the wicked, which man commits. As can be understood, all the seals and the trumpets and the vials are on a continuing basis and will ultimately come to the final crescendo at the climax of the seventh seal, which embraces the seven trumpets and the seven vials. The seventh trumpets in its finality is the trumpet sound of the coming of the Lord, and so we can envision much more terrible outpourings of the wrath of God on the people of the earth before the fullness of the sound is heard. I'm going to leave it there. The seventh trumpet, which embraces also the seven vials. And of course, we have something else too, the seven angels that sound. They go forth, and then the seven vials are poured out. As I said before, Kevin said, advertise your book, tell them it's from me. I think it would be a good thing if you did get it because there's about 60 different subjects. There's 109 charts in it. And I think it's well worth it. It's $20 in the book room. There's a stack of them there if you want them, as long as you pay for them, according to Carol. Hallelujah. I know I've gone fast tonight. I hope you've got something out of it. We need to recognize that God has got an order of everything for us today. And I believe God is wanting to cause a fire to fall upon us so that we can pass this on to others, to encourage, to stir, to cause the fire to be burning within them. Father, we thank you for this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness here tonight. We ask you, Lord, for Kevin, that you'll just touch him now, bless him in spirit, soul, and body, cause the fire of God to burn within him, give him rest at this time, Lord, and bring him back into our midst safe and strong. We pray thee, Lord, for this group of people and everyone gathered in this building tonight that the fire of the presence of God will fall upon each one. And, O oh Lord, that we'll go from this place stronger, Lord, and urgently faithful in the things of God that we might be accounted worthy to escape the things yet coming upon the earth. We commit each one of us now into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you, gang. Fellowship. Kevin said you're not allowed to go till 9 o'clock. You can fellowship. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Again, please be sure to visit kevinconnor.org forward slash shop where you can now purchase PDF files of many of Kevin's best-selling books, including his verse-by-verse commentary on the book of Revelation and his book on the Christian millennium. Thank you.